Uh, hello. <laughs> That's it. Hello. <laughs> hello. Hey, Pretty what's good. up? Welcome. Hi. It's me, Chris. AKA Time Burrito and Nate. AKA Little Teapot. And this is another episode of Space Time Taco. I don't know. We keep changing up, maybe slightly tweaking it. We'll eventually get there. I'm telling you, nothing big is happening until after Extra Life because my brain can't process anything else right now. So that's why I'm losing myself currently in the wonderful, peaceful world, and not in any way frustrating when quests can't be done because there's stupid glitches in the game, world of Dreamlight Valley. Uh... Yeah, man, I had to, sorry, I'm just off, off on a tangent, just to kick off. Uh, I had to wait a week to do a quest, because they had to patch out a thing. No and now, way. now I'm not seeing anybody complain about this other issue I'm having, where all I have to do is, I did the majority of the quest, I just have to wait for Wally to have a fucking conversation with Ariel, who, guess what, it's really hard to talk to somebody that's in the water. She's just well, floating, yeah. floating off, doing whatever. I've seen Wally sit at the wa side of the water, and Ariel's just fucking <laughs> off over, like, ten feet away from him, just doing whatever the fuck she wants. And I'm like, bitch, this is why we got rid of you and we got a new Ariel coming in. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Sounds like the most perfect crossover Disney Disney tragedy. <laughs> it's just this little robot not knowing what to do, waiting on the water's edge for a mermaid. <laughs> it's, well, that's the thing. You have the most patient robot ever. Versus the most uh, impulsive Disney impulsive, princess yeah. ever. Most impulsive <laughs> Disney princess ever. Yeah, one hundred percent. God damn, I'm so annoyed by it. I've been able to do so much other stuff. It's such a good game. I highly recommend it to everybody that likes both Disney and Animal Crossing. Um, and I also found out <laughs> it's not free to play. Uh, no, really. Yeah, it's a thirty dollar game. No oh boy. Which, that is where I have a little bit more issue with how glitchy it is. Um, mm -hmm. Again, this is a Gameloft game. Gameloft games are not normally full console releases. They also release this literally on every fucking platform. So, of course, if you don't normally do that, you're going to have some issues. Um, in 30, in, let's be honest, $30 is not a high price point for a game. Uh, it was more of the fact that I had no idea. I was talking to somebody in they had been playing it, and I mentioned the fact that I'm like, it's not that bad, especially since it's free, and they're mm -hmm. like, what are you talking about? I spent $30, and that's when I mm -hmm. remembered that it's on Game Pass, and we got a, like, the, not deluxe edition, but a slightly better mm -hmm. than the standard edition of the game for free with our Game Pass subscription. Yes, I say free, fuck you. I It's not an <laughs> added cost. Um, yeah, so I, I'm very much like a, oh... Whoops, you gotta tell people if you want to play it for a cheaper price, get Game Pass. Which, hey, let's I mean, be honest, it's worth it. Yes, it is worth it on Game Pass. And, I mean, comparatively speaking, we've had games that are, you know, that have been $60 at launch that were complete and total messes. Oh, speaking, um, I was going to say, including one yeah, that you have on the list to talk about that, today. Yes. Um, the motorcycle T pose lives on in infamy. Um, <laughs> oh god! No, yeah, I. You know what? And I, I think I've, I'm at that point where 
if you at least are staying dedicated to the game and fixing the game, like we mm -hmm. uh, again the the go to story of horrible game at lunch launch mm -hmm. at lunch um, <clears throat> turned into a beloved game, No Man's mm -hmm. Sky. No Man's Sky made made right on just about I think all their promises initially. Um, mm -hmm. Really, all it was was messaging. I think. I still fall into the camp of if they had not been additionally funded or promoted by Sony, it would have mm -hmm. been a better launch for them. That probably monetarily they would have been a little bit slower at first, but I think it would have been a yeah. oh, keep your you can you keep your expectations more grounded. Instead of, hey, Sony told me to tell you all the things we're eventually gonna have in this game and make it sound like it'll be there from the beginning. <laughs> well, it that game and others have suffered from what I've called called Peter Molyneux syndrome. Oh, because fuck. <laughs> like this sort of marketing scheme goes all the way back to Fable days. And not like Fable Two, Fable Three, Fable One days where yeah. all this stuff was promised about what Fable One was going to be. And even though Fable One is still a fantastic little RPG action adventure game in its own right, it is not what Peter Molyneux said it was going to be. No. <laughs> and I mean, let's be honest. What what game that t promises all your your uh, your choices have consequences? Really? What like mm -hmm. there's a handful that you can actually see those changes well, in a game. I mean, it's difficult to do that in a game because at the end of the day, a game is a computer program. It's simple input output algorithms, and so if you you can't program any kind of elasticity or dynamic into that that allows you know what you're doing to really take a huge chunk out of that game's narrative or its world um it's like you know if i'm playing a game if i'm playing something like gta where choices quote unquote matter and i shoot you know random pedestrian 32 on the street have i just like ruined an entire family's life you don't know that because the game doesn't have room for that who knows we might get that mm -hmm. in six um <laughs> i i i'd be honest and i know i am you know biased because it's one of my favorite games but of all the games where your choices matter i think Dishonored does a pretty good job at handling it uh, mm -hmm. because you do see depending on how you're going through this world things can be much worse you, uh people are affected in different ways um, oh, yeah. and the entire plot, I guess, storyline in the end can change. You were either, it, and I mean, yes, it, it comes down to the good ending and the bad ending. Um, ultimately, yes. But yeah. During, along the way there, I think what Dishonored did really well is, depending on those choices you make, it forces you to play later parts of the game differently. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, now these consequences are permanent and have a real effect on the game world. If you go, like, completely lethal psychopath, then you increase the number of bodies, which increases the number of rats, which increases the number of people infected with the plague. Yeah. And it becomes to the point where there's, like, so many rats on the streets that traversing at ground level actually becomes dangerous for you. <laughs> so... There's even, like, a side... Anything. A whole side thing, I think, with the... Uh the rat queen i can't remember her name right now the witch or whatever um mm -hmm. cuz if you fuck with her too much through the game it affects what she does in the game too um yes. god man now i don't want to replay i may or may not already have <laughs> dishonored installed on the xbox in case i decide to just play dishonored um <laughs> yeah that's so such good games 
Uh, and I'm still mad that I haven't played Deathloop yet. Well, it's, on, it's on Xbox. I got it ready. I'm ready to play. Play. Uh, come whenever the fuck. Who knows? Maybe I'll dip my toe in that for extra live stream. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if I'll I live die repeat enough on that one. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, game game decisions. Is, it's all over the place on how much it actually really affects games and if it's done mm -hmm. well. Sometimes you get to a point where your three your three flavor choices get so uh so much hate that they add in a fourth flavor. Um Yeah. And then never make a good game after that. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> When's Mass Effect four coming out? <laughs> Listen. I'm I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> like, when the hell is a Bioware game coming out? Aren't they? Are they're working on um, the next well, the, Dragon Quest, right? They're doing the Dragon Quest game. They still got the Kotor remake to do. Um, I thought somebody else had that. Well, I think somebody, maybe somebody else is handling that. But yeah, I mean, Bioware still got stuff in the pipeline. It's just going to take a long time for them to do because their projects are always so ambitious. Yeah. And their game worlds are huge. Like, Mass Effect... I think Mass Effect is probably one of the densest games I've played, but then I tried playing Dragon Age Inquisition, and that game is even more dense. So, it's just... There's a lot of stuff to do in these games, and it doesn't really matter how many times you play through it. You'll play through the games like four or five times and still not see it all. Yeah. Okay, so years ago, I made a stupid joke about the fact that the way that the Dragon Games age, the Dragon Games, sorry, Dragon Age Dragon Games, Age. Yeah, couldn't that work that thing? <laughs> um, oh no, it's still not calling that. Okay, uh, but I, I made a joke at the fact that the first game is called Dragon Age Origins, and then the mm -hmm. second game is Dragon Age Two, which means we never got Dragon Age. Um, yeah, for a while. This new one was just being called... I had only remember seeing it being called Dragon Age. And I'm like, oh shit, we're actually finally going and getting the first Dragon Age game. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not. It's actually being called Dragon Age Dreadwolf. And I missed that at some point, so... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Origins was technically, I mean... It is the beginning of mm -hmm. sort of the Dragon Age world as far as Bioware is concerned. And the reason it was called Origins is because a large part of what affects a story is during your character creation and who you decide to be at the very beginning of the game. Mm -hmm. So you'll play like through a good six, seven hours of content that just deals with like the local conflicts from where you are and who you are. Because it's not Bioware Montreal merged with Motive. That's where my things are getting confused on what's making what. Because Motive, Motive just recently fully uh, officially announced making an Iron Man game. Um, so people are excited for that. Uh, as well as uh, the Dead Space remake. Mm -hmm. Which I know you, you're a fan? Wait, yes? Uh, yes. Okay. I mean, I'm a fan of Dead Space in general. The remake kind of... I'm good to see an updated version of Dead Space for all the people who didn't play it back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, and for all the fans of it who, you know, like updated visuals and things like that. The issue for me with the remakes is for someone like me who's already experienced that world over and over and over again, I've played Dead Space many times. Yeah. Um, it's I'm just getting no value out of it, honestly. Like, 
if you, I wanted flashier graphics and I'd play it on PC. <laughs> are you more excited about the um, the game that is being made by people that originally worked on the the Days of Space series? Uh, I can't, yeah, my mind is blank. Thank you. Yeah, I knew Protocol was part of it. I'm like, I cannot remember the title right now. Yes, I am much more excited for Callisto Protocol because it's something new. It's still in the same vein as Dead Space. It's still that sci-fi horror stuff. Um, but it's a whole new universe, a whole new world with a whole new plot to explore. I'm not going to hear about fucking black and red markers for 30 hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you, you know, hey, you don't know. Maybe, maybe there'll be black and black and red uh, color pencils. Um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's something new, and it's uh, it's you know a vision from the original team being carried forward into a new sort of universe. Um. I mean, anyone who played Dead Space, we can talk about the downfalls of Dead Space 2 and 3 all we want, but anyone who played the original Dead Space and enjoyed it is probably going to enjoy Callisto Protocol as well. It's fucking scary is what that game is. Oh, it's horrifying. Yeah, terrifying. I couldn't do it. I played about 30 minutes. I'm like, <laughs> nope. Um, I think I borrowed Dave's copy. Probably. Um but no, yeah, all right, cool, 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 cool. Games, we're excited about games that's coming out. Speaking of games, and people putting games out, mm-hmm. everyone's favorite video game donkey just started a publishing company. Yep. Uh, you can go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. No, that's fine. Um, he announced this, of course, through his YouTube channel where all his content is, but um, he started an indie publishing company called Big Mode. Big Mode. And Big Mode is entirely independent in its own right. This is not beholden to any other major publisher out there. Um, this is Donkey's own, basically, brainchild of he enjoys playing unique, fun, well-put-together games. <laughs> he has very much not been known for, you know, harping on or promoting AAA titles as much as he has indie stuff. Um, unless it's a Pokemon and, game. <laughs> yeah, unless it's a Pokemon game. Um, his reviews were always about poking fun at whatever he's playing it, but he does it from a kind-hearted, you know, position. He's not out there to really just trash anybody's, you know, titles, but he really wants to promote new and unique projects on the market, and this is kind of his way of doing it, is helping people get those projects to market. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, nice. Uh, they have a About Us section on here. Uh, Big Mode mm-hmm. is... Indie Publishing with Purpose and Passion, founded in 2022 by Video Game Donkey, a.k.a. Jason, and his wife, Leah. Is it Leah or Lee? Leah. L-E-A-H. That's Leah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Supporting games behind... uh, Let's try that again. Supporting games being made with substance, quality, creativity, and fun in mind is extremely important to us. The indie game world... I cannot read. Why do I do this? Why do I do this? (laughs) Uh, Indie game world can feel crowded or oversaturated, so our goal is to give great games a powerful way to stand out we love and deeply care about games as well as artists and creatives in general big mode is our way to foster and support these those who are putting the effort and love into their projects to create the best they can to give them the spotlight they deserve and see more of what we love in gaming uh yeah and they are like you were saying they they have Mm -hmm. information up about their publishing in uh application pages uh you can contact them to get more information um it looks like they're also accepting resume and portfolio submissions to build a network and reach out with any opportunities that arise, which that is actually a really cool idea. Um, mm-hmm. 
because that that side of it <laughs> I'll mention something else that has recently happened. I think we when we recorded last had the big layoffs been happening at G4 and Fanbyte. Mm-hmm. Don't I can't remember if they had or not. Um either way, that is if you are recent, you've recently been let go of your job, something like that, and you work in the game industry, that seems like something that he's also trying to help with, or they're also trying to help with. Because, um, okay. as we know, the gaming industry is very volatile. <laughs> yes. Well, I find this funny and great. If you go to their application page and scroll down to the bottom, they have three agreement checkboxes there. And... The two two of these are standard agreements, but one of them <laughs> is hilarious and also a really good thing. It says, I confirm that my game does not include any use of NFTs, crypto, or blockchain technology. <laughs> I support that. I support that. It, so, it, it is not into the, the world that it has been it is being done correctly. Sure, mm-hmm. years down the road, all that can be great. Right now, it is being used as horrible marketing and stupid decisions that lose people money. It's being used in the worst way possible, and... I mean, I'm sorry, Web 3.0 is a fucking disaster waiting to happen, <laughs> but um, no, I'm glad for this. I, I don't want video games to become these play-to-earn fintech instruments for people, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, if you're working on an indie game, if you are working with people, other people on making an indie project, then I would suggest probably going to big mode and pitching it there um they're ready and they're waiting for of course more ideas as they come in (laughs) but uh but yeah donkey's a cool guy and he's been in the gaming industry for a while now so you know definitely worth checking it out thumbs thumbs up up. uh (laughs) (laughs) speaking of game industry stuff that's right i'm gonna try and do fucking connections and what's that thing called what are those? Uh, the le- roll, roll, leeway. Nope. Segways. Thank you. The thing that you ride if you're a mall cop. Um, yeah, they used to the if you're a creator of you ride one straight off a cliff and die. What is that really what happened? <laughs> yes. I didn't know that. Holy shit. Segway got... had an off-road model, and the guy who invented the Segway is literally out like riding one of his off-road model models in like the woods behind his house and apparently rode it straight off a cliff holy shit that's ridiculous yeah <laughs> crashed into river wharf while riding the vehicle around his estate who goes that close to a fucking cliff on a Segway? i don't it's probably one of those things where he didn't even realize the cliff was there it's like when you're looking out in the woods and you just see a bunch of trees and you don't realize like there's a sheer drop off at a certain spot i guess um <laughs> anyway uh, as everyone knows now, um, there was a massive, massive uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 content leak. Um, mm-hmm. Bunch of videos, bunch of files. I don't think the, the net code or whatever code was stolen. Not 100% sure. Um, but it also was a 17-year-old that did this, I think. Yeah. yeah. Young kid did it. 90-something videos of pre-alpha footage released. Mm-hmm. Um, now, to to play off of my gaming gamer side of things, uh, man, seeing the little bit of footage that I did, I am very excited about this game. Um, mm-hmm. 
I, I, I am also somebody that can see it and be like, this is early footage. This is not what the game is going to look like at the end. Um, but what I saw was enough for me to be like, I, I'm going to buy this whenever the fuck it comes out. I mean, I was probably going to buy it anyway, but I'm even more excited because I'm like, this actually, they, it looks like they really are working on making it worth the wait, making it worth the additional $60 and not, you know, just continuing throwing money at mm -hmm. Grand Theft Auto Online. Um, so me personally, as gamer, fucking excited for this game. Uh, me as somebody that knows people in the gaming industry, don't fucking do this shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is heartbreaking to see your work thrown online without any kind of presentation officially, uh, and then people pick it apart like it's the official release. Mm -hmm. um, well, I mean, unfortunately, that's what happened. Is people looked at this footage, and the unfortunate thing about being a gamer, someone who enjoys video games as a medium is we have sects of our community that are highly toxic, highly entitled, and just look at things on a surface level and don't really process, you know, what's going on. <laughs> um, and so this pre-alpha footage gets released and people just start, for whatever reason, lambasting the footage immediately. This looks like an unfinished game and so on and so forth. So, and that's yeah, because it is. It is an unfinished game. Um, you know, yes, textures are going to be missing. Assets are going to be missing. Animations are going to be janky. You know, a bunch of stuff going on behind the scenes is going to be visible to you on screen because that's what pre-alpha footage is for. It's for testing your game to make sure that you didn't completely break everything yep. by adding one mechanic to it. Um, so, yeah, it's all pre-alpha, people. Like, this is not... GTA 6 in its full form. This is not what is going to be put on the shelves for you, you know, two years from now is GTA 6. This is just the test run of the game. Um, and so people need to chill and think about what they're actually seeing. <laughs> and I don't know if it came to, maybe there were some clickbaity titles out of there. Maybe people ripped the videos and put them up on YouTube or like, this is what GTA 6 looks like. And, you know, this is what it's going to be when it comes out and so on and so forth. I can see that happening. People want to generate content and want to get clicks. But take, like, two seconds to think critically about what you're seeing on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, other than that, I, I'm in the same camp that you are. I'm excited for GTA. I love GTA as a franchise. Um, what I saw in the pre-alpha footage does look interesting. It looks very standard GTA, but with as wacky as GTA has been with GTA Online and the things they could do to add more stories to the world of GTA. Um, that's what I'm mostly excited about. The stories in the single-player games have always been the most compelling part of these games for me. Yeah. Um, GTA 4 probably had the best overall story, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I, never, I, I never play enough of the stuff to even pay attention to it. Um... I'm, I'm horrible with that. Always have mm -hmm. been. Uh, I like I, I played the shit out of it. I am very much a. I get to a point where it lets me free roam, without constantly being like, "Hey, go do this now," or you're not really able to play anymore of the game. Um, and then I just keep murdering people, and going <laughs> going off of jumps and shit, having fun. There you go. Well, that's that's also one of the great things about GTA is you have this sandbox that 
to your mind logically makes sense because you know you've got physics in place and you've got consequences for certain actions you take and so on and stuff like that but it also just lets you go completely off the chain and deal with those consequences as they come yeah um, you can run around and you can slaughter a bunch of people before you get that five star one level and the actual military is now chasing you down with tanks and jets <laughs> that's fun but, it can be fun i mean <laughs> It can be fun because then you just turn the game into like a survival <clears throat> mode. Like, how long can I get away with this? <laughs> I mean, hell, they have uh, achievements based off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, do I have that achievement? God, no, I'm horrible. I get to, I die once I hit five stars immediately, almost. Mostly because I I just want to. I'm very much somebody that likes to run around on a motorcycle, so yeah. not the safest thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to assume that you've uh, driven those on the sidewalk more than once. <laughs> no! <laughs> Never. Um, no, so that... It is one of those things where... Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. None of those stories have pulled me in enough. Hopefully this one will. <laughs> this la- I will say five. Five probably did the best job for me. I played the ma- most of the the. I played more of the story mode in GTA Five than any other game, any other mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto game. Um, but then, of course, once online happened and a lot of us switched over to just playing that, I didn't touch it anymore. Uh, I also have the issue of I played through on Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty because mm-hmm. remember this game came out on fucking Three Hundred and Sixty. Um, yeah. Uh, and I got to a certain point, and it's like, hey, you can now play it on PC, and I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I'd much rather play it on PC. Oh, what? I have to start over? No. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not gonna do that. I can transfer my <laughs> online character, I could transfer my online character, but my not my my story progression. And that, that was where I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I'm never finishing this game, because I put three, four hours into the, I don't know, I can't, I don't know. What What's actual time, time frame of how long it takes to play games? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could probably beat the the story in GTA Five in about eight hours if you go straight through it. Really? Um, it's not that long, but it is a good story. I mean, it's it's not a bad story at all. It's a very good story, um, especially with them juggling three main protagonists. You have to constantly switch between. Mm-hmm. But each one is unique. Each one goes through unique stuff that sort of all brings them together. Um, and it's it's an interesting story. It's basically. One guy who's a deranged criminal, one guy who's trying to escape that life, and one guy who's caught in the middle between both of them. Um, and that leads to an interesting story, especially by the time you get to the end, um, where you can decide, like, hey, I'm not going to deal with these two assholes anymore and murder one of them, or decide, hey, fuck it all. These guys are actually, like, trying to get by and the system's screwing them, so you murder the guy who hires you to murder them. <laughs> um, I, like, I like that option. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh,. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. GTA 4 story was a story balancing your life as Nico between, like, okay, am I going to let go of the past and let bygones be bygones, or am I going to take revenge out on every single person who crosses my path? <laughs> yep. So, and uh, people play GTA for all the different reasons. I play them for the stories. I think people are missing out if they don't experience the stories of these games at least once. I wonder if there's anybody that plays it for the bowling. I highly doubt that, but I've seen weirder stuff, so... <laughs> I mean, hell, there's a whole... Not not calling it weird. I mean, to a certain extent, sure, it's weird. But, like, the... Uh, 
oh, what is that? The role-playing community is mm-hmm. insane and taken so seriously. I've seen so many videos of that stuff, and I'm like, I could, I could not do this. Um, well, again, because my way of playing Grand Theft Auto is hopping in a car, mowing people down, and going off jumps. You, you're not supposed to do that in a real, in a, in a role-playing game. Um, you're not supposed to do it. It doesn't stop people from doing it. <laughs> yeah, but no, but they, if you, depending on the the game, it can very much be like a, oh hey, you are now kicked out of the server because you aren't following our our uh, rules or whatever. I think some of the role playing stuff is. I think one of the reasons they're taken so seriously though is one, the role playing mods that have been injected into GTA Online are actually pretty well done. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are role-playing servers where you can just literally play as a cop in the city responding to active crimes that other players are committing. That's so um, weird. And they have they have mods for that in place. Who, who chooses to be a cop? I don't know. People with power fantasies and other people who got all C's in high school. Um, but... Okay. <laughs> um, you know, they've got robust systems in place for roleplay on a lot of these servers, and it also just sort of adds to the realism of that world. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you play vanilla GTA Online, I mean, we remember this back when we first started. Like, any public server was, like, basically just playing... You were more or less just playing downtown Detroit survival. <laughs> like, wow. everyone was trying to kill everybody all the fucking time for no reason. Like, if you were in a car driving down the street and someone spotted you, they'd get in their car, they'd chase you down, and they try to kill you, and they'd get nothing out of it. They just wanted to fuck with you. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was the whole point. So, that was it. And I think these mods just put a more realistic spin on the world. It's more chilled out, but you can still do a lot in those worlds. You can still be the criminal you want to be, but you also have other people who are on the lookout for you now. And so yeah. it's not just do a crime and get away with it. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I I don't miss that. I my biggest issue, I think, in my opinion, with how Grand Theft Auto Online turned into was they early on were like, "Hey, you can have private lobbies with just your friends, so you don't have to worry about that." Um, mm-hmm. And then very quickly, quick, yeah, quickly, we're like, "You can do that." But you can't do most of the things that we're adding to the world. You can't do heists. You can't do most of the mission-based things unless you are in an open world where other people can fuck you. Uh, and <laughs> that was their most money-grabby kind of thing, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. it, it was heist. You had to spend in-game money to do a heist. And for yeah. you to get that money sometimes, you had to spend money to then use that money to do a part of the game that should it is basically a free section, technically. Um, oh yeah. So, well, listen, grinding money, they made it significantly more difficult after shark cards started landing. Yeah. They want you to buy shark cards, <laughs> um, and even if you do get a heist going, the issue with heist always was like if one person just quits in the middle of the heist or gets yeah. disconnected, your heist is over. So, <laughs> like, you cannot solo these at all because the game mechanics literally will not let you do them solo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it sucks, but, I mean, they did... I think Rockstar did the best with the content it could put out. I think the problem is, is funding a project like AGTA becomes such an issue that they kind of let themselves fall down that rabbit hole of we need to do microtransactions, we need to monetize this to the nth degree, yeah. we're just not going to have money to make the next title. Um, it sucks, but hopefully they learn some lessons and GTA 6 will be better for it. 
Oh. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the biggest. The, the, what? Go ahead. What were we gonna say? <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna put a break here because I really have to pee. Oh. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I can just pause. Am I pausing? Okay. Back in. What were we? <laughs> what, I forgot what we were talking about. Well, we were talking about GTA 6, but we're kind of done that Yeah, topic. we're done. We're done. Off from GTA 6. Uh, uh, hold on. Um, uh, d- d- hey, um, speaking of games that keep coming out, what's up with Modern Warfare? <laughs> so, what's going on with MW2 is the open beta is now live across consoles. Um I, so, you know what? That's what threw me off. I forgot that MW2 wasn't out yet. In my head, I'm like, what about Modern... Is it a remake of the first one? No, it's a new Modern Warfare 2. Yes. Okay, continue. <laughs> it's a continuation from the new Modern Warfare. Now we have a new Modern Warfare 2. And so the open beta went live on, I believe, just PS5 at first. That mm-hmm. was sort of Microsoft's little treat to like, okay, PlayStation can still have their open beta. Um <laughs> they don't own them uh, yet they have no control yet yes well it's live on xbox now too um the thing is is people were streaming this of course um and if you watched some of the streams that i watched back in the day of people playing warzone especially there were a lot of tricks and mechanics to doing warzone well and a lot of it focused on movement basically you move in ways to throw people's aim off until you're ready to line up your perfect shot Mm -hmm. um and this increases your survivability, increases your advantage in gunfights in certain situations. Well, a big part of that movement was a move called slide canceling. And the way slide canceling, the, the thing that slide canceling is designed to do, basically, is to help you move a little bit faster than just basic sprinting would help you move. And so the way that it works is basically you're just infinitely recharging your sprint by doing a slide cancel. <laughs> so oh, wow. when you... And so Modern Warfare actually has two sprints. You have what's called a tactical sprint and just regular sprinting. So your regular sprinting is, of course, you know, you press shift or you click the thumbstick in and you're just normal sprinting. If you did a double click of that button, though, you would break out into a slightly faster sprint that would last for a couple seconds. Um, And so the way this works is you do a tactical sprint, you slide, you come out of that slide almost immediately afterwards. So you're pressing your crouch button again to break out of it. Do a little jump at the end, which bunny hops you a little bit forwards, and then as soon as your feet touch the ground, you're into another tack sprint right after. And you just repeat that process over and over and over again. Um, well, that is now removed from Modern Warfare 2, which confused a lot of people at the beginning because they couldn't find out why they couldn't slide cancel, and then pissed a lot of people off when Infinity Ward said, yeah, we took that out of the game. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, the other thing that has become more annoying to people is... In just about every Call of Duty, if you took a shot with an unsuppressed weapon on an enemy's minimap, you would show up as a red dot for about a second or two on their minimap to let them know where you were. Um, This led to one of the terms in the community, which was called map whoring, basically, where you would just stare at your minimap and wait for red dots to show up and then go hunt people down based on that. Just a way of gathering intel about stuff around you so you knew where to go, where enemies were, and stuff like that. Well, they've removed that from the game as well. Those red dots no longer show up on your minimap. The way that Infinity Ward had described it in an article I read on Kotaku is they want the game to feel a little bit more immersive by doing this, and they want players to start investigating where those gunshots came from. 
rather oh. than just looking at a map and just running over to that area immediately. Yeah. Um, so they want they've actually gotten really good with their sound design and directional sound cues, especially. I use them most often when I'm playing Warzone. It helps out a lot to just listen to where shots are coming from, even if they're way off in the distance. But now it seems to be much more important this time around. <laughs> so uh, that. My one issue, or my I guess my biggest issue with that is, I feel like that takes away um, a certain level of accessibility, where, well, yes, obviously people were mm -hmm. taking advantage of that, like, oh, you see a dot, you go to that dot. There are people that use it as, I'm, like you, call, like you were talking about it, where people just go after that, wait for that information basically mm -hmm. to pop up, but there are people that cannot, one, process that audio correctly, two, hear that audio in general, and there are people that are deaf that play uh, Call of Duty. Um, so that visual cue is the best way for them to help themselves in that situation. So I understand using it to get rid of, or getting rid of that to alleviate the people that would literally, not spawn camp, but, you know, like, map, map camp. Um, yeah. So, eh. well, I think the compromise there is if this becomes sort of a big stink for people, if people just won't play the multiplayer because this is no longer in there, I think the compromise is, is instead of having that dot appear for, you know, linger there for a couple of seconds, is have it only appear while someone is actively firing a weapon. Yeah. That's yes. not suppressed. So. For the duration, if I'm firing something full auto, for the duration I have that trigger held down is the duration my dot should appear. Mm -hmm. uh, and even so, make that dot appear in less of a radius. If I'm all the way across the map from you and you can barely hear my gunshots, why are you getting an indicator of where I am? Versus if I'm closer to you, then okay, yes, you can hear you can hear and detect where those gunshots are coming from, and that shows up as a dot on your mini map. Yeah. Um, with those two slight changes in the mechanic rather than ditching it entirely, I think the accessibility is still maintained. The mechanic that people know and love is still there, but it also does make that game more challenging and gives you a little bit more immersion out of it. <clears throat> you just have to, it's the balance. They have to find that balance in between. Um, they do. <clears throat> I mean, that being said, everything else we've seen from Modern Warfare 2 does look great. New weapons are in there. They've really amped up the animations on those weapons as well. Is it really boots-on-the-ground um, gameplay? Well, yes, boots-on-the-ground gameplay, but it's a lot more... They're taking time to sort of take the gaminess out of Call of Duty, where it was just a lot of ridiculous stuff you could do with ridiculous weapons, mm -hmm. and really focus more on that grounded, sort of realistic feel, where it's like, oh, I've got this big, heavy sniper rifle that's got a big, heavy bolt in it, I can't just cycle that like I've got, you know, fucking uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger arms. Like, it takes work to move that bolt back if I want to check the chamber. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you have all these new inspection animations as well. You can see how much ammo is left in your gun. You can check the chamber to see if it's loaded and so on and so forth. That kind of stuff. At the same time, it's still very much Call of Duty. It's aim guns at enemies and shoot them till they die. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, Nate. Well, that's really, I mean, there's some other news, I'm sure, but, like, bigger news that we wanted to bring up today. That was really it. Um, again, I know we talked about it the other night. There's part of me that wants to do this more often. 
Uh, who knows? We might eventually. Not this week. Again, not this month. Everything. I'm not not before extra life. My brain can't <laughs> handle that. Um, <clears throat> but hey, up there, possibly. Who fucking knows? We'll figure that out later on. Um, so what you've been playing? I've already mentioned at the top of the show that all I've all I've been fucking playing is goddamn <sighs> Disney Dreamlight Valley again. Um, yeah. <laughs> have you been playing anything new? I haven't been playing anything new, but I have been playing something old. Um, and that is Cyberpunk 2077. So, after Edge Runners came out, which I'll talk about more in detail later, um, of course, Cyberpunk got a huge boost in player count, mostly because of that anime. Um, it really re-sparked people's interest in it, but corresponding with just about the end of that show, there was a big update done to Cyberpunk. This was like a 40-gig update done to the game. <laughs> That's like um, an entire their, fucking game. Yeah. Well, it's their 1.5 patch. And so CD Projekt Red has been patching the game over time in increments, you know, as the game has been out to fix a lot of the problems that were present on launch day. Uh, 1.5 is their biggest patch yet, though, and includes a lot of updates and changes to the game itself, fixing a lot of the problems that were present originally. So it's finally um, a playable game. It is a very <laughs> playable game at this point, actually. Um I mean, we have, for example, I'm not running across the map and seeing the same NPC 50 times in a row walking down the street anymore. Um, I'm not running into parts of the game that just soft lock you out of a quest because it's completely glitched out. Yeah. Um, people are not T-posing all over the fucking place in the middle of combat. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> you know, they fixed... Probably one of the best things they fixed is this infamous, and I mean absolutely infamous, small detail that annoyed the shit out of me when I got to a certain part in a quest. It is this fucking window that you have to jump through, and it is so, it was so broken. So what happened, there's a quest you do with this character in the game called Panam, and the quest involves you going into this room to flip a switch, right? The problem is, is there's a couple ways into that room. If you have a high enough body stat, you can just force the door open. Just rip it open and be inside, mm -hmm. right? But if you don't have that or high enough technical ability to unlock the door remotely, you have to smash a window and jump through the window. The problem with the way windows work in this game is they basically have like a breakage threshold. So you break the window in large chunks of it fall out the first time, but then every little piece around that now is like an individual element that you have to break like separately off the window. <laughs> it became ridiculous. And the issue is if you don't break enough of that off, your character model cannot fit through that window. Oh, so you break fun. enough off and you think you can fit through it. And what happens is if you jump in that window and you can't fit through it and you do it in a certain way and hit a certain spot, it violently launches you backwards. <laughs> Oh like at fucking warp speeds to the point where some players have videos of themselves. This takes place in the part of the map called the Badlands, which is outside of the city properly. They just get launched like halfway across the desert. They're like a kilometer away from the objective they're supposed to reach now with no fast travel point and no way back to where they go besides running all the way back there. So that's, it, that's a little <laughs> broken. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little broken. They fix that. Um, they fix a lot of stuff. I, in my recent playthrough, I did run into one annoying bug where there's this side quest called Beat on the Brat, where it's basically like the Fisticuff side quest in Witcher, where you just basically go around and you fight people in a fight club. Mm -hmm. um, one of them takes place against this guy who's a member of a gang called the Valentinos. His name's Cesar. And when you meet him, he's arguing with a woman 
you know, next to his car. His car that he's going to put on the line if you win this fight from him. He gives you the car if you win the fight because he needs, like, a huge amount of money. So if he wins, he's going to take a lot from you. But every at least three separate times when I approached him, he was ragdolled under his own car oh still God. having a conversation with me. And I couldn't continue the fight because he couldn't get up. I did everything I could to move the car off of him. I did all kinds of things, moved his body around, stuff like that. He was stuck on the ground. Mind you, all his facial animation still works. So I'm looking at a dead body basically having a conversation with me. Oh, my God. Um, so I just had to keep reloading the game until he basically was able to stand up. I saved a short distance out from actually being able to see him. So every time the game would just reinstance his body. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> Um, so that got a little annoying, and if you didn't save properly, I assume that could have soft-locked you out of completing that side quest, because um, you just can't fight him. <laughs> like, it's impossible. Um, that being said, a lot of the bugs that are in the game are gone now. You don't have these crazy, wacky things just happening. Um, cars aren't being launched into the sky. Cars aren't being launched into the sky. Cars that you summon aren't falling out of the sky and exploding on top of you. <laughs> um <laughs> Sounds uh, like my kind of game. <laughs> like I said, at the very least, you know, I think one of the most annoying things was again just walking outside and knowing that you're in a city with a bunch of people in it and they're seeing the same repeated NPC character model like thousands yeah. of times. Um, so it is a little bit more immersive now. There are less glitches in it. There are less bugs in it, and it is a pretty playable and in some cases pretty enjoyable game. Um. I think one of the most enjoyable things about it is it does have a build system that kind of just lets you build a character the way you want to. Um, and that still falls along classic RPG lines. Like, if you're a netrunner in this game, you're basically a mage in every other game. Yeah. Um, you know, if you go with Blades builds, you're just a super fast, like, samurai character. Um, I went with a shotguns build because they added a shotgun from Edge Runners in this, which my favorite character in that show uses. It's also... Com it's a super ridiculous shotgun and the fact that basically it's like, oh, you see all those enemies on your screen? Click to delete them now. <laughs> My god. So, <laughs> it is, it's so fun. Actually, one of the mechanics of the shotgun is hilarious and people suspect this is a bug. If you jump off of something high enough that would kill you and you aim the shotgun at the ground and fire it just before you land, you will save yourself from death. <laughs> I love games like that. That is the best. That, al that always makes me think of, um, Fucking engine is it engineer right? Engineer had a oh no 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 I guess it was demo demo could do the like sticky bomb launch, um which obviously came yeah. back for everybody in uh in for Junkrat or whatever, um mm -hmm. but like seeing that kind of like using your weapons oh it was it was uh the soldier was the rocket launch the rocket jump yeah rocket. you literally and they put in because one if you did it to yourself early on it cause damage so you had to plan it out kind of thing um and then they actually put in uh the boot set that literally saved you from ro self rocket damage um, yes that, i love that kind of shit i went love when they implement they realize oh hey this is something that happens in the game let's make this an actual part of the game um yeah well i'm glad you're you're finally enjoying cyberpunk i know you did a little bit at the beginning even when it was a little broken mess um I think you were the because I had no interest in playing it. Dave, I think, can't remember if he actually got into playing it at all. But I remember you being the only one in our group that really got into the game at all. Um, oh yeah. So, well, which is also the probably the reason why I think you're the only one that has 
had any interest and actually watched the uh, cyberpunk and edge runners on Netflix. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if I'm getting into edge runners, first of all, like I, I can admit that when it was first announced, I really had no interest in it at all because really I've seen anime that's been attached to gaming properties before and in the world of like Japanese gotcha games and then the anime that get attached to them, the anime are quite literally just marketing material for that game. They really have no substance to them beyond like, hey, look at the cool stuff that's in this game. That's funny um, to me because my mind, I guess if you're thinking on anime side, yeah, that's true. But my mind was thinking more on the Netflix side of things where mm-hmm. we have the Castlevania series, which people absolutely adore. Um, mm-hmm. And then most recently Arcane, which I have literally no interest in League of Legends whatsoever. That series is fantastic. It is beautiful, oh, yeah. and I love the story and the world that they built, or they got to, I guess, show off. I guess that technically is the world that's mm-hmm. already been built from League of Legends. Um, yeah. I mean, it's been built. A lot of what you see in Arcane is a retconning of different character stories, but it's for the better in this case. Yeah. Um. I mean, that being said, once once I found out the Studio Trigger was producing this, right, that's when I was kind of fully on board. I love everything that Studio Trigger makes, and I'm just unapologetic about that at this point. Um, but I think Studio Trigger was the right choice here. This is the perfect blend of an animation studio doing Cyberpunk 2077 mm-hmm. because the way Studio Trigger does animation and direction intensifies all those feelings that you would expect from cyberpunk itself yeah um everything of course it still maintains that sort of over-the-top wacky action and animation style but what really drew me into this is trigger paid attention to the source material and realized that cyberpunk through all of its media from back from the original tabletop rpg of cyberpunk 2020 up to now what we have is a tabletop RPG, Cyberpunk Red, and then Cyberpunk 2077 being the video game. These stories are all, at the end of their day, tragedies. And I won't spoil anything for anybody, but this story, at its core, is a tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not okay. something that you're going to get a happy, triumphant ending out of at the end of the day. Come on, Netflix, give oh. us some happy anime. Uh, and actually, give me now I have to do the hold on one second. I'll be right back. Okay. Okay. So, yes, the anime does end in a tragedy, but again, I'm not going to spoil that for anybody. Um, that being said, everything that, if you've watched any of Studio Trigger's stuff, back from like the Gurren Lagann days, up to Promare, up to kill the kill all that stuff like that it's visually impressive um, as fuck <laughs> it's visually impressive but they also do really good character work as well um now mind you this series is only 10 episodes long and they do a lot with 10 episodes mm-hmm. um there is of course a classic time skip in the middle of the anime but it doesn't detract from anything that you're you're not losing anything from that time skip yeah um it's actually kind of necessary to move the story forward in this case um, but one of the things that I love the most about this is characters and themes. So the characters in it are fucking amazing. David Martinez, our main character is, I mean, you have this whole idea of legends in night city, these mercs who did like these amazing, crazy things and then went out with a like massive bang. Um, 
David is a legend in his own right, both in this anime and now in the game itself. If you go to the Afterlife Club where all these Merc legends hang out, you can buy a David Martinez drink from the bartender. Um, which only happens to, like, the top-tier legends in Night City. Do they get a drink named after them at the Afterlife? <laughs> um, that being said, they also added some DLC to the game to let you get certain items. One of them is the Gut Shotgun, which I'm using, and another one is actually David's Jacket. So you can pick up that jacket, you can find that jacket in-game and actually equip it. Um, but you've got other characters from Lucy, who is the romantic interest for David. Um, she's a netrunner who also uses a mono wire, which is an arms upgrade you can get in the game. It's basically just molecule-thin wire that you can just slice people up with. It's really badass, actually. Does she also have access to the rest of the percentage of the brain that we don't use? <laughs> no. <laughs> you wouldn't know it, though, because she's like a fucking genius when it comes to netrunning. Um, <laughs> you've got Maine, who steps in. He's kind of... He's this big, hulking, like, brute of a guy, but he ends up playing sort of a father figure role for David. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Dorio, who is Maine's girlfriend. She's a big, strong lady who does big, strong lady stuff. Um, <laughs> Kiwi, who is another net runner. You've got uh, Pilar, who actually only lasts, I believe, up to episode four before he gets his head blown off. Um, but he is the brother to probably my favorite character in the whole anime, Rebecca who is this little short stack with this big-ass shotgun whose foul-mouthed brash does not really fucking care, but ends up becoming one of the best characters in the whole show because she cares about David so much and ends up kind of becoming his best friend and the only person who actually, like, really, truly gives a shit about him besides Lucy. Um, and then you've got some supporting characters and people like Gloria. Um, well, not really a supporting character. Gloria is David's mother who ends up dying. Wow, um, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a huge spoiler. This happens in episode one. Um, um, uh, a parent dies in an anime? Never. Um, but you've got other characters like Falco. You've got uh, Faraday. You've got just this amazing cast of characters. And I think the great thing is the character design really comes in because all these characters are unique from one another. And they're so unique to the point that you start, if you watch the anime a second time and just look in the background at like extras that mm-hmm. are on the screen... They're all completely unique drawings. Like, no two characters on the screen ever look exactly the same at that any is, point. It's so unrealistic to the game. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, it, it keeps the themes in there, and they've added a lot of stuff um, to the game just to pay homage to the anime as well, to sort of integrate the two worlds. This does take a place a year before the game does. Oh, cool. Uh, so that world is tightly connected. Um, but the themes in the show, I mean, even if you're not a fan of cyberpunk as a genre, these themes are recognizable in a lot of different forms of media, just in, across a lot of different genres, period. Um, David himself is a gifted kid. One of the things that the anime focuses on is this disease that sort of infects the world of cyberpunk called cyberpsychosis, where basically once a person is quote-unquote chromed up, meaning they put so many implants into themselves that they almost cease to be human, <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't know why that you're cracking up at that. Um, oh man, I'm all chromed up. <laughs> well, they've got so many implants in them that they start to sort of lose their sense of humanity. Yeah. Um, they start to see themselves as superior to other people. They have disdain towards other people. And eventually they snap completely and just go on murdering sprees usually is what happens with cyberpsychosis. Okay. It isn't always what happens, but that is usually the case. Um, 
we actually get a glimpse of that in the very first episode of the anime where you're watching the scene of a guy who's got all these military grade implants in him because he's a soldier completely literally just wrecking like a whole squad of the night city police department um until this elite force called max tech shows up to put him down um but david's gifted in the fact that he basically equips one of these implants and this implant is supposed to at least is rumored to make people full-on go into cyber psychosis on like the very first time they use it he uses it eight times in one day before he passes out from the strain he's extremely resistant to the effects of cyber psychosis okay and this kind of puts a target on his back now people want him um for specifically to, well they that's pretty much what they want him for they want him as a lab rat david started his life by at least to us he's attending arasaka academy arasaka is one of if not the big mega the biggest megacorp in the cyberpunk universe um and so they're known for doing experimental technologies and all kind of stuff well they have this academy where elite students go to basically become the next big corpos david being a poor kid basically got in one because of his mother's back alley dealing she's a paramedic in the universe but also deals in stolen cyber tech oh. that she takes from people who are basically victims um so he gets in through this special funding. He eventually gets kicked out of the academy. And then after they find out who he is and how good he is at managing the cyberware, they invite him back in with a full ride scholarship. Um, and basically they try to hide it from him, but they're basically saying, Hey, come back and be our lab rat. Yeah. <laughs> um, David, of course, says fuck off to this. He's fed up with the academy and the way he's been treated there being an outsider and just goes on to do his own thing. Again, I'm, I'm like, not going to try to, I was going to say, yeah, at this point I'm kind of like, don't say anything more because I kind of want to, <laughs> I, maybe I'm a little bit interested. Who knows? I, I've got so many anime that I'm just going through, and I'm like you said earlier, nothing new. I'm just watching older series. <clears throat> um, so I might check that out. Yeah, well, fun. like I said, it's got all the classic cyberpunks there. I mean, it's still a dystopian world. Um, it's basically a pay-to-play world. If you don't have money, nobody's doing shit for you, all the way down to hospital services. Oh, so um, it's the modern world. Yeah. <laughs> Um, with neon and <laughs> the, the major theme in this game is the sort of chasing the high basically right is doing everything you can to sort of improve yourself to reach top status in the world but losing who you are in the process more or less yeah um and so if you're into tragic stories in this case a rather comedic tragedy um this is definitely worth checking out Okay. Because the last two, so the last two things. Let, let's go through. I'm gonna say let's go with with uh, She-Hulk first, just because it's only been one episode since we've recorded last. No, nope, mm -hmm. it's been two. It has been two. It has been two, uh, and we have been doing like every other episode, if you like. Um, and then go on to the the big thing that I gotta make sure Kim has headphones on so they don't hear me talking about the 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 series because they can't watch it until they finish Rebels. Um, <laughs> Uh, but no, we got we're two more episodes in. We are now in the final stretch because this was episode five and six. We have three episodes left. Fuck, mm. only three episodes left. I want more. Um, why can't they go anime route and just never end? It just keep coming out. Um, <laughs> but no, we got our two two uh, Titania Titania Tita How do you say her name? My mind blanked already. Titania Titania. Yeah. Um, focused episodes, really, technically, to a certain extent. Um, Titania. <clears throat> Titania. T 
Titania. Mm-hmm. Titania. I still just big lady. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, Jamila, Jam- J- yeah. Uh, <laughs> big. She big. She big. She strong. She has fake teeth. Um, Yoshi. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we got um, the first two. Oh, you know what? Do we do this in spoiler mode though? I guess we don't, because we don't go super spoilery. Oh, but there's things that we could talk about. It's one of those, like, it's a weird, do we do spoiler mode on this? Mm -hmm. Nah, fuck it. It's been a week. It's a weekly show. Let's just put a disclaimer here. Possible spoilers for She-Hulk ahead. (laughs) On the video, it'll have a thing that pops up saying spoilers ahead. Um, No, uh, so we have... The last time we left off that we talked about, the episode ends with um, her being served for using the She-Hulk name that has now been registered by uh, Titania, Titania, Big Girl. Um, (laughs) And uh, the follow-up episode of that immediately is the court case, the court battle Mm -hmm. for that. And her battling, and Jen battling with the fact that it's a name she never wanted, but it's a name that she's stuck with. And now somebody's trying to take that from her. They're trying mm. trying to take her from herself. Um, and she has to put herself in an extremely vulnerable position uh, by, unfortunately, using her wonderful dating experiences as She-Hulk uh, to retain her name legally, I guess. Um, yeah. And in doing so, uh, we also get introduced to the highest of superhero fashion um <laughs> not he is not so i've seen so many people call him the drip the drip thing was it the the uh the drip broker i'm 99% sure he is not the drip broker i'm pretty sure the drip broker is somebody that has a connection to him um but basically, hey, secretly, we don't see it yet, but she now has a super suit. Uh, she also mm-hmm. has regular outfits that fit her Hulk body in general. Um, but hey, super suit exists now. We won't get it. We know it comes. We've seen it in snippets and trailers, uh, but that's coming. Um, with the tease of, as we all know, who's coming in later in the series. But uh, this this guy is not only making superhero suits for people that we know exist in the world. uh mm-hmm but also for people that we finally get to know exists in the world in Daredevil. <laughs> um, so I'm very excited for that. And of course, the way that the world works and how the internet works, um, that happens in people on the internet are like, hell yeah, we're going to get Daredevil next episode, blah, 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 can't wait. Um, but no, She-Hulk being one of the best sitcom shows possible, uh, <laughs> throws in a standalone wedding episode, <laughs> mm-hmm. which literally draws attention to the fact that it's always in the most incu- inconvenient times. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. They make jokes <clears throat> about it the entire episode, like who throws a wedding on a Thursday? What? Great episode. It's an episode where she gets to finally flaunt herself as She Hawk and is asked by the person, by her friend, uh, that that's not what she wants. Um, mm-hmm. Mostly well, because she's I, drawing attention away from herself. We have to use the term friend loosely here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like... Terrible. <laughs> could, I don't... I don't like weddings anymore. Um, 
I'll go to a wedding for certain people. Ooh, I shouldn't say this. I just realized. I <laughs> no, I. Gonna let me hold on a sec. Yeah, I definitely didn't t- shit talk on that. Pause. Um. <laughs> no, yes, weddings are inconvenient. They're never when you want them to be. Um, and I mean, yeah, you always get stuck doing shit that you don't want to. Uh, that the this in that that this episode is perfect for that. Because you got, it's like, hey, can you clean up? Hey, can you do the ironing? Hey, your your partnered uh, groomsman is a fucking dog that we had to resuscitate this morning. Um, mm-hmm. Fucking hell, poor Jonathan. Um, <laughs> Jonathan did not deserve that. <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan and Jen deserve better. Um, but no, I, I I appreciate this episode for uh, just going all in on the fact that it is. A, we we are looking at this. It is reminding us that this is a comedy. This is not a, ooh, we're building towards a superhero. Look at the superheroes. Look at the other superheroes. More cameos. Blah 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 blah. No, mm-hmm. this is hey. In a in a comedy show, you really do have something just something big just happened. Something big is about to happen, but we have to cut away and do something real life shit. Um, oh yeah. Well, the entire theme of the show is also the fact that we have a She Hulk who never wanted to be a superhero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, she was fine being a lawyer, and then part of what we get in the early episodes is she becomes a superhero, and that literally makes her unhirable for the most part. Yep. Uh, we also get the... I forgot what are the... Intelligentsia. Um, mm. Basically, 4chan... 4chan Reddit. Yeah, uh, it's, for incels. <clears throat> it's the whole fucking like black pill manosphere website in the Marvel universe now. <laughs> well, and so that's in in intelligentsia in the comics is actually something that is related to actual supervillains. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, it's kind of presented in a more comedic, you know, I, I say comedic, even though it's literally a website of death threats and shit. Um, mm-hmm. But it is more looked at in that way. Uh, I also hate that that character, that the, the poster that name is being used as Hulk King, when every time I see it, I want to say Hulkling. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. not Hulkling. That's not who that is. That's a completely different character. Um, I really hope that they don't make that the same character because I think Hulkling's a good person, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's the one that's married to Wiccan. That's right. Mm-hmm. They're adorable, um, but no. Uh, with this introduction, we obviously the the closest thing to cutting back to the more serious side is that in some way the intelligentsia is connected to the people that were trying to steal her blood. Um, mm-hmm. And Kim and I one hundred percent think that the guy that she hits it off with at the wedding is evil. Oh yeah, he's too Absolutely. nice. He's too nice. No. Well, he's too nice. He comes on to her, like, immediately, without even getting to know her. Like My every... one defense... <laughs> sorry. My one defense on this is there was... And I've seen TikToks and tweets and stuff. The idea that in, this, in the MCU, in the world of Marvel, that people are looking at Jen, who is played by Tatiana Maslany... As, like, she's not an attractive woman. What the fuck's wrong mm-hmm. with you? Uh, so when he's like, boom, look at this attractive woman. 
Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, finally. And I'm like, wait, ah, uh, shit, you're bad. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I mean, he definitely gives off a whiff of he's socially engineering some things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, he does not seem to be entirely on the up and up. He's definitely playing it off as he is. And, of course, Jen's into it because by this point she's gone through that whole, like, oh, I'm going to try, like, this online dating thing. And that didn't work out because no one likes me if I'm not she all. And then this one dude is like, well, I like you when you're Jen. <laughs> so, yes, we go there. But, uh, <laughs> no. The wedding episode is hilarious. Um, Titania does eventually show up and start a fight with She-Hulk. Which is like the one thing that her friend at her wedding didn't want to happen. But then yeah. it happens and she uses it to her own advantage anyway. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, don't be She-Hulk. Oh my god, you're She-Hulk. Is that my wedding? Yes. It sounds like exactly like that person that you didn't you don't want to keep in touch with from school. Um no. I do love the, the she's so drunk as Jen that she forgets how to turn into She-Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it it's... plays it's so good. I don't understand how I, I'll never understand the people online that say that this show sucks. Like there's this, we, obviously the sect that we we just ignore because you know they're dumbasses, um, but there there's no. just the other side that in general they're like oh this is probably the worst Marvel sh- Disney Plus show so far I'm like it's mask one versus mask off criticism of this show the people who are mask one will say like oh yeah it's bad writing and it's not funny and so on and so forth but they're just covering up what they actually mean <laughs> yeah. They're annoyed at the show for reasons that are obvious that I won't even get into. Um, the it kind of falls. Play, I mean, the show to the show does play a certain angle, but that's because it's made for a particular audience. <laughs> yeah, because um, I mean, it falls into the the same criticism level as like this isn't what a real mermaid looks like, motherfucker. <laughs> this isn't what a real mermaid looks like. <laughs> it's like fucking oh my god I just (laughs) I've talked enough about those people already (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah we can move beyond that Um, but no it continues to be great I can't wait to see what's next Um, I'm hoping uh, my hope is that uh, Matt Murdock Daredevil stuff starts the next episode maybe we get it for the next two episodes but he's not part of the main cliffhanger kind of thing not cliffhanger but season finale um Mm -hmm. hell i'd be okay if he's one episode if they do all of his stuff in one episode uh because while i love that he's coming back and i love that he's part of this and hey we got him in echo coming up and then he eventually is going to have his own whole new rebooty kind of world entrance i do hope that we get the uh confirmation jokingly i really hope it's a, a fourth wall break of whether or not he's Netflix Daredevil or not, like if it's canon or not, I think that'd be great. Yeah. Um, I mean, but beyond that, I just want, I just want it again. I want, this is a show that I hope comes back. It, it's up there with Miss Marvel where I'm like, keep doing more, do another season mm-hmm. like WandaVision. I only need one season of WandaVision because it, it did what it needed to, to put those characters in the places that they needed to be to then go where they need to be in MCU movie bullshit. Uh, mm-hmm. Loki, Loki, I'm okay with another season with, but like the the bigger story driven ones of like WandaVision in um, 
I almost said Captain Falcon again, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. <laughs> I'm like, those those to me are one-offs. Those are do a season, mm-hmm. done, move on. So it sets up the world beyond this. Um, my mind, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm missing one. Am I missing? Oh, yeah. Moon Knight and uh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye, 100% is a one-off thing. That's a, a single storyline setting up her in the world. Moon Knight yeah. could go either way. I want more. I, I really want a season two of Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Of the the last three of the 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 shows that they've done, I'm like these are the ones that I feel like we could get more out of, um, yeah. sig- significantly. Um, so yeah, I just want more of that. So yeah, I mean we've got we've got a current roadmap for Marvel, but as we've seen in the past, it's always subject to change. And um, they just fuck with us too because they had Serpent Society that got turned into what yes. Endgame. There we go. Well, nothing's ever set in stone, and. I mean, I think the biggest villain we've seen announced out of all these MCU shows is Kang. Um, Fucking greatest casting yet. (laughs) I mean, if the rumors are true, then Kang is going to be a big part of the main MCU in the future. Um, Kang is an extremely, extremely dangerous villain in the world of Marvel, and I'd like to see him reach that sort of Thanos-level status in the future. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. he becomes this existential threat to the MCU. <laughs> now, how do you feel about... I know we should just move on to Andor at this point, but how do you mm-hmm. feel about uh, the High Evolutionary in um, Guardians 3? Uh, well, I like the idea. Um, I think they would do probably a lot more with with Kang in this case. Mostly because, one, we've already been introduced to Kang, and two, Kang, again, represents this just, he's a multiversal threat in this case, Mm -hmm. right? Is He's not just there to sort of cause problems for the villains or to take over one world. Um, He's there to conquer the entirety of the multiverse, to bring it to heel, to make it do what he wants it to do. Yeah. Um, the High Evolutionary is still up there as a dangerous guy, but I think he's more of... he's. There's a lot more they need to build up to High Evolutionary. To yeah, that so that's the problem. We're just getting him in Volume 3. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited I mean, because I love the actor. He was fantastic well, in... Um... I mean, we were teased Adam Warlock at the end of Guardians 1, so it's back that far now, but Adam has not been mentioned since then. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, they still got a long way to go. I think what they need to do is take that introduction of Adam Warlock, if they do him in Volume 3, and really build him as sort of an essential character to the story, connecting him to the High Evolutionary in -hmm. some way. Because I know right now, um, the main, I think the main connection that they're going with is... Uh, Rocket. I think Rocket is, from what I've seen, it seems like Rocket is directly connected to the High Evolutionary, uh, mm-hmm. most likely created by him. Um, but I don't know. Who knows? That's more future MCO. Who cares about the future right now when we have Andor? Kim? What? You should probably put headphones on so you don't hear me talk about Andor. <laughs> What's that? Oh. Then just pretend you're not hearing me. Okay, I love you. Alright, so another disclaimer in front of this then. Um, possible spoilers for Andor ahead. 
So now this. Oh, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do Andor as our 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 spoiler spoiler cast. Um, oh, Kim does have the headphones. But that just means we can do that as a spoiler cast, and I can really quickly just say we're going to end with us talking about how we feel. No spoilers. So far, three episodes into Andor, how are you feeling? Um, I'm on a fence with Andor. Really? Um, okay. So, when I'm into Star Wars stuff, I'm into the world-building aspects of Star Wars. Right? I'm into the lore, I'm into seeing cool sci-fi stuff on the screen, um, that kind of thing. So, Andor has some of that in it, with Cassian's backstory. Mm-hmm. Um... But at its core, it is kind of what you said you wanted out of it, which is it is this kind of spy thriller set in Star Wars, right? The issue for me with spy thrillers is not that they can't be interesting. There just wasn't enough of that to hold my interest in here. The first two episodes very much focus on basically Andor sort of weaseling his way and stumbling upon what he will eventually be. Yeah. Um. And that just didn't capture my interest as much, but maybe it's because I'm in fucking dumb brain mode after watching Edge Runners, and all I want to see is a lot of people blasted to pieces on my screen. Okay, I was gonna say you're more into. I feel like your your mindset is more into like the the uh, the more actiony, uh, mm-hmm. f- fantastical elements that can happen in Star Wars. Um, yeah, who knows? We might get that a little bit, but probably not. Um, no, I, so I am definitely 100% not on the fence. Um, I watched all three episodes. I actually watched an episode and a half, took a nap, <laughs> and then watched, <laughs> watched another episode. Um, I worked early that day. All right, man, I got up super it's early. Uh, <laughs> I had to. I restarted the first episode today and just watched the rest of them. Oh, okay. Um, but no, I, uh, I am really excited to see where this goes. I know they've already confirmed that they're doing a season two. Um, they have a set, complete story, which, to me, is always a fantastic thing to hear. Uh, one thing that I was starting, I was writing a thing um, about Netflix, specifically. Uh, Netflix will invest a bunch of money into the first season of something, and then, if it doesn't do well enough, they're like, nah, fuck it. Um, Disney, for the most part, I feel like, commits. They just say, hey, we're going to do this. And just keep going. We're going to tell the entire story that this person wants to. When it comes to Disney+. Plus, Because obviously they canceled good things too. Not giving them all the credit for everything. Um, but in the case of their Disney Plus show so far. They're like hey. We want to tell this. We're going to go this far. We're giving you two seasons to tell the complete story of Andor. Um, which is literally just a story that takes you up to. This isn't spoilers. Sorry. That takes you up to Rogue One. Um, mm-hmm. Which, I mean, perfect sense. Uh, but no, I, I, like you said, I was hoping, I was excited for a spy thriller. I'm getting a spy thriller. We are seeing a darker side to Star Wars, just like we did in Rogue One. Um, and I'm I'm very excited to see where they go with this. Uh, I love the cast. Um, I'm so happy to see uh, the act. Oh my god. So- what is his name? Eric Selvig. What is your real name? 
Stellan Skarsgård. I love seeing Stellan Skarsgård in a role that he's not just like a comedic mm-hmm. guy that's just there doing things, saying the smart things so other characters don't have to do it. Um, he's played in a lot of roles where he does get to be a badass, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean mm-hmm. more recently. I feel like recently mm-hmm. he, he's been more of a sit right. there, say the smart things so other people don't have to do it. Um, he actually, my dad... Uh, introduced me to a show that he did um fuck what was it called i can't even remember now it was basically uh he was a cop or a, a detective um who was basically seeing his dead partner the entire series oh river that's it uh mm-hmm. really good show um but i like him i like this more actually role that he gets to play uh so yeah i'm excited to see where that goes and um you know everybody loves the scars guard who doesn't yes. love a Skarsgård? Is he the first Skarsgård in MCU? Or not MCU, in Star Wars? I think he is. I believe he may be. I'm looking through his film history right now, and I don't see... Well, you gotta look at the other Skarsgårds. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, his... His high-profile role, his most recent high-profile role before this was in Dune. Um, He's gonna be in Dune Part 2. Yeah. But... He was also in the MCU, being Peter the Selvig, who, yeah, yeah, who worked alongside Jane and the Thor films. I always forget what his relationship is to the other ones. Is he father, cousin? Together, have oh no, it is his dad. It is he is the dad. They have Alexander Skarsgård, Gustav Skarsgård, Bill Skarsgård, Walter. Wait a second. He was in Deep Blue Sea. Really? Yeah. He had a role in Deep Blue Sea, apparently. He also had a role in Ronin. He was Jim. Which is... He had a role in Goodwill Hunting as well. <laughs> Man's been in a lot of things. Um, yeah. Fuck, he was in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Oh, different Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. <laughs> He's been in a lot of stuff. Wait a minute. Is this... Hold on. Felix is a hitman who wants to know how business he takes up a job looking at you. You do that. Okay, no. This is a very different kind of kiss, kiss, bang, bang. <laughs> also played himself in The Simpsons. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Um, anyway. Before we go into actually... I, guess, I mean, really... We don't really need to go into spoilers for it because of how soon it is. Mm-hmm. Just go fucking watch the show. It's great. We highly recommend... Well, I highly recommend it. Nate, don't give up on it. I'm not giving up on it. I still recommend people go watch it because the one thing that I am getting out of it is it is that sort of more grounded Star Wars story as well. It yeah. doesn't deal with Jedi and high-concept military strategy stuff or Rebels, you know, well. going after military targets. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but... It deals with a guy who is sort of in a seedier place in the Star Wars universe. It isn't this high-concept hero who's always good in everything he does. Yeah. And like I mentioned our la- on our last podcast, our first introduction to Cassian Andor is him literally shooting an informant right yeah. after he gets information. <laughs> I will say, so, and this is because of how early it happens on in the episode, I'm not even going to consider it a spoiler, to see the parallel of him being introduced as someone more cold-blooded where he just straight up murders a guy to him accidentally killing someone 
in that feeling very much like his first kill. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really enjoy that to see because it really is like, hey, we get to see that character growth between yeah. the the little like, well, I don't want to do this, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm just trying to get to a mm-hmm. better place and fix blah 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 blah. Um, to the I kill if I need to. There you go. Well, this is where he kind of gets. Uh, for for lack of a better term, he kind of gets a taste for it in that first episode, yeah. taste, where it's just oh like, yeah. But I mean, he understands that, like, in order to get the things I want, I'm going to have to get my hands dirty. There's no other way around it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about before we go? Uh, not really. I mean, like I said, Andor is Andor is a good series. Edge Runners is a good show. We. She Hawk's an amazing show. Please go watch all of these if you have the time. Um, again, if you're someone who who may be on the fence about Cyberpunk or maybe is coming back to Cyberpunk, now is the time to do it. There's actually another big update on its way in Patch 1.6 coming up. Um, they're doing a full-blown DLC soon, so we're going to have a whole DLC story added to the game. Um and like we mentioned very early on, if you're an indie developer and you want a place to go to to find publishing, funding for your project, and so on, Donkey's Big Mode is where it's at right now. Big Mode. Yes. I mean, other than that, the usual stuff for our outro, um, Extra Life, is on its way. We um, are 33 days away. Look, I even have a little... I don't, is it still here? Hold <laughs> on. But back, no, is it? Is it this one? Or is it, is it this thing? It's this one. I think it's this one. <laughs> Button. Well, 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 bam. 33 days. We are 33 days away until Extra Life. Um, I am fine. Nothing's wrong. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you want to hang out, if you want to hang out, donate, share, do whatever, just click the link that's on the screen. That's not true. Again, we can't click links on the screen. No. Click the link that's down there in the doobly-doo. Mm-hmm. Uh, or just check out spacetimetaco.com because everything is right on the main page, ready to be linked with our countdown and all that fun shit. Um, yeah. As always, if you like what we do, you like what we hear, see, smell, we're secretly in 4D. <laughs> you didn't know that. Um you can follow us. <laughs> smell vision. You can follow <laughs> us on all the social media. Just search Space Time Taco. You can find me on everywhere as Time Lord Burrito, and you can find him only on Twitter. One place. <laughs> get on. Get on Instagram. Maybe I'll take pictures with you when I see you in public. How about that? Um, that would be better than me trying to take pictures of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, there there will be no selfies. <laughs> it's it, 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 a little teapot uh, on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or as we say every we every week now, you can find him in a gutter on Wednesdays. Uh, <laughs> In every gutter. Every gutter. All gutters. <laughs> Mostly bowling gutters. He likes balls. Uh, no. <laughs> I can cut that part out. I'm, I'm the sorry. thing that makes sure you never get that 7-10 split. Ooh. <laughs> uh, physics? Your physics? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I really think the people that get 7-10 splits are breaking physics. That's all. Anyway, go inside and play video games. <laughs> <laughs>